Welcome everyone. Ask Rabbi Miller by Simchas HaChaim Publishing. Certainly compared to the Kadmonians, we're not great people. But in our, in, our, in our door, being that so many do not keep anything, aren't those that do keep even things in the Seventh-day Today, are truly great people. in our door, it could be, if you go into it, an outlying community, and you'll find a person that keeps Shabbos, and not with Hidurim, who might be in his Madrega a very great Sadiq. Of course, as a criticism, what are you doing in that community? That's a big criticism. Why aren't you living in a from community? But let's say it so happened that person couldn't move. According to his circumstances, it's great Messiah's Nefesh. Certainly. Certainly. But remember, there are a lot of people living in good communities where it's easy to keep everything. Then, they have to be afraid that they are not becoming exceptional because everybody around them is also doing the same and it requires some thought how to be a Ovid Hashem on a higher way in order to be considered among the Hasidi Hashem. Good question. It says Yiftach was an Amoras and there was a Chosid. The answer is, he wanted to be a Chosid. That's what I meant. He wasn't a Chosid. He was a man whose heart was Chosid. He had a heart of Chosidus. He yearned to do good things. But he wasn't successful. Lo Amoras Chosid doesn't mean a Chosid cannot have a yearning to be a Chosid. Oh, certain Amoras could try to be a Chosid. He could have the fire of being a chassid. Certainly he could. But to succeed, you cannot unless you learn. Understand that? So Yiftach certainly wanted to be. Certainly he had a fire. If Yiftach if had the information, the, the Lomdas, he certainly would have been among the leading chassidim in the history of our people. But Amores can try to be a chassid, can want to be a chassid. But to succeed, he can't because he'll probably go off the path. Once he leaves the beaten path, he'll do things that are against the Torah. It says that the Bullock had the when Bullock was rewarded because of his offerings to Hashem, that Rus was descended from him, does it mean that Bullock has any share in the world to come? And the answer, no. Bullock has nothing to do with the world to come. But this is a symbolic reward because at the time when Bullock served Hashem, he was serving Hashem. He wasn't serving an idol. Bullock was trying to gain the favor of Hashem because he believed, although he had his own private God, he believed that Hashem Aleke Yisrael had power. 
And therefore, this much honor that he accorded to Hashem by serving him doesn't go lost. Whose could have come from some other Moabite who hadn't done that? And therefore, it was chosen it should come from him a symbolic honor to the man who did serve Hashem. He did it shalom shmot. He did it for not a good purpose. However, he served Hashem. Olam nothing at all. Why wasn't Miriam Zechet to go to Eretz Who? Miriam. Why wasn't Miriam Zechet to go to Eretz And you can ask also, why wasn't Aharon Zechet to go to Eretz Same question. And the same question, why wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu Zechet to go to Eretz Now we think we know why Moshe Rabbeinu didn't go to Eretz but you have to know it says Hashem said to Moshe and to Aaron, not to Moshe alone, Yan Mantendi. You didn't believe in me. Now that's of course certainly not understandable. Moshe and Aaron didn't believe in Hashem, so who did? But there's the Gemara. And a remarkable statement from the Gemara that explains everything. The Gemara says, Bahade Hutsi Loki Kavan. Together with the weeds, the cabbage suffers too. A man goes into his garden, he sees there are weeds there. So he takes a knife and he wants to chop down the weeds. And while he's chopping, a cabbage goes down too. Now the cabbage actually wasn't his purpose. He wants to get the weeds. But it happened to be one cabbage was among the weeds and you couldn't get that clump of weeds down unless you gave a good swipe with a knife. So they talk of the cabbage too. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to the Am Yisrael in the Midbar that they won't go into Eretz Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu went along with that Gezerah too. He was included in the Gezerah. That's what Rashi explains. Together with the weeds, the cabbage also suffers. Moshe Rabbeinu's sins were not of that kind at all that they weren't to be admitted to Eretz Yisrael. Forget about that. It was only because of the Am Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu and the Am Yisrael were together. That's what our Kodesh Baruch Hu intended. His people remained behind and didn't go across the border. Also Moshe and Aaron and Miriam. They are one company, one corporation. That's why they didn't pass over. Together with the Klal Yisrael. Why HaKadosh Baruch permitted Kolev and Yoshua? It was a special demonstration. Because they rebelled against the Miragli, so HaKadosh Baruch at that time announced the Avdi Kolev. Eke, because he had a different spirit, and Yoshua too, they are going to inherit the land. But otherwise, the leadership went down with the ship. Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam suffered the fate of the generation, but not because of any sins. The sin was the sin of the generation, not of their sin. That's important to understand. And that's taught to us by that Gemara, or by the Hutsa Loki Kaaba. Why comes to Moshe to the, 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 the,
that there didn't arise any more in Novi like Mesha. The Sifri says, be Yisrael loikom, avobumeskom, umonobila. On Yisrael they didn't arrive in, arise in Novi like Mesha. But among the nations there did. Who is he below? Let's not make any mistake. Bilam was nowhere near Moshe. But it means as follows. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't suddenly become so great that Utmunas Hashem Yabit, he could look at the form of Hashem, likeness of Hashem. Moshe was given greatness. He was born with talents. He was a gifted man. But he utilized his gifts so successfully that he became what he became. The greatest man who ever lived. HaKadosh Baruch wanted the nations to have their chance too. And he gave them a great man. Bilam was a man with gifts. And he had all the gifts that Mesha Abeno had. But he didn't utilize them in the same way. Now he was Don't think that Bilam became a novit just for nothing. He was a tremendous personality. Not enough is spoken about him. We have to understand a man to Hashem gives such a nevuah and the nevuah is taken wholesale and put in the Torah. The whole parasha of Bilam is in the Torah. It's remarkable that his words are Torah. It's Torah. The very great man Bilam. It looks like he's competing with Meshach Abedinu, Hazinu of Meshach Abedinu. And Bilam is wonderful poetry, the prophetic song of Bilam. And so he is, he was great, he was tremendous, but he misused his gifts. He used his gifts for selfish purposes too. Whatever it was, I'm not capable of telling you everything about him, but certainly he was interested in Kesavizahar. Because when Bullock sent messages, so Bilam said, if even he'll give me a house full of cash as all, I'm not going. Once a man says that, you know where he's thinking about. He's thinking of cash as all. And therefore Bilam never became anywhere near like me. She could have become. Who knows what he would have become? He could have become very great. But I called the Jibara who gave the nations a chance, and that chance went lost. When a person takes upon himself should he also parallel it with the answer is there's no such thing. You don't have as a separate department. You're serving Hashem. You're walking in His ways. Whatever the ways are. If it's this or that, makes no difference. And this is a test. If a man is only a specialist in when it comes he is not a chosid, then you know that he's a fake. It's not genuine at all. You can't departmentalize your chosidus. And therefore, a chosid is a chosid everything. And that brings us to the important lesson of the Mesir Lashon. Chosid comes from the word chesed. 
A chosid is just the word chesed. Chesed means a person does kindness. A chosid does a special kindness to people. The He does a special favors to serve Hashem. But the pshuta is a ish chesed. Because a chosid, just like he's devoted to Hashem and serving Hashem, is devoted to Hashem and helping Hashem's people. What was Shimshin's Tfila when he was standing before the enemies who were rejoicing in his downfall and he asked, let me take revenge for one of my eyes from the Plishtim. Now the Gemara says that Shimshin said, then I burned the Shalel and he said, all the years that I was a shaykh, I was a leader, I never requested one of them to carry my stick from this place to someplace else. Let's say Shimshin had a come, let's say, to a meeting. And so I have a stick. So he never told a fellow Israelite, if you don't mind, put my stick over there. He never said that. He always got up and took it himself. That's what Shimshin brought in when he was about to die as a prayer, as a merit for his prayer. He should succeed in knocking down the building on the police. How does that come in? Answers like this. When Shimshin asked Hashem to restore his strength for a moment, he should be able to take revenge for his eyes. So Shimshin examined his motives. Is it really because I am angry at them what they did to me? Of course, revenge is sweet. Am I looking for this sweetness to gratify my own feelings? Or no? Is it because in my last moments I want to do a deed of service to Hashem and help his people? So Hashem examined himself and he discovered that his motives were pure. He wasn't interested in gratifying himself. He wanted to take revenge for the eyes that they did. After he took out Jewish eyes. The fact that Hashem's eyes makes no difference. They're Jewish eyes. So suppose they had taken out the eyes of another Jew. Shimshin would have been full of indignation. So he's full of indignation with his own eyes. And they decided to take revenge as a Jew helps his fellow Jew. And he says, You know, I didn't do things for myself all my life. I never asked a fellow Jew to carry my stick or to fetch a stick for me. And therefore, nothing I ever did is for myself. And therefore, I'm asking now, in an unselfish way, help me to take revenge from my people. And that's why Shimshin succeeded in this tefillah. What is the kindliness of Hashem that he tests his children so severely to the point of having a good woman dragged to death by a horse? What is the purpose of Hashem that he tests his children so severely that he had a good woman dragged to death by a horse? And the answer, my friend, is as follows. When you go to a wedding, and you walk into the lobby and there is a hall, there's a room where somebody is taking your coat and in return for your expensive coat he gives you a little slip of paper and it seems as silly as could be if you're a child and you walk in and see such a thing you think people are crazy they're trading in their good coats and you're getting a little piece of paper he wouldn't do it it's only when you know what's the story behind that, that there's a big hall inside and a banquet 
where you sit and you rejoice and have a good time. And after the banquet is over, then you take, go back and you get your coats back. When a man doesn't know about the world to come and he sees that we have to deposit our bodies, sometimes the clerk who's behind the counter gives you not only a ticket, but he gives you a ticket with, with, a, with a punch. Like Hitler. Hitler was a very important uh, uh, cloakroom attendant. He led millions of Jews out of this world. They gave him their bodies. They gave him their bodies. Doesn't make any sense at all. Give away your bodies. You have to realize we're giving our bodies away, not because that's the end of the story. The crematorium is not the end of the story. It's just the beginning of the story. Behind the crematorium is a world to come. We don't live in this world for this world. The Ask Rabbi Miller podcast is published by Simchas HaChaim Publishing online at simchashachaim.com. Rabbi Miller's recorded lectures are property of Yeshiva Gedola B.C. Israel.